Well, welcome back to Health Talks Now, a podcast brought to you by Baptist Health, where I ask the experts the health and wellness questions that matter most. We are so excited to be back kicking off our third season of the show. And I have to say, we have quite the season lined up for you, including some surprises and some special guests. So right now, make sure you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss an episode. Go click that subscribe button so that you'll be getting notification every time we drop a new episode. We're kicking off this season talking about one of the fastest growing segments of the healthcare industry, digital health. When the pandemic started two years ago, many health systems were catapulted into the realm of telehealth and online care delivery because of the inability to gather together in person. And if you've been following us for a while, you'll remember that back in season one, we did a show very early on in the pandemic about the ways Baptist Health had adapted to begin moving care to a virtual space. But it's been over two years, which honestly is really still hard to believe, and a lot has changed. Today, we're talking with the Director of Digital Health Services for Baptist Health, Nick Sarantis. Nick has been at the front line of the development and implementation of some really incredible growth in the digital healthcare realm, and we're going to learn what's new, what's to come, and how healthcare has become more accessible since we last talked. Let's get into it. Well, Nick, thank you so much for coming back to the show and for joining us on an update on digital health. A lot has happened in the year and a half, I believe, since you were here the last time. And I don't think any of us imagined we would still be living in a pandemic world in 2022, but here we are. Since we last talked, we now have vaccinations for COVID-19 for everyone ages five and over. And we also have several new mutations of the virus that have caused additional surges like the one we're in the middle of right now with the Omicron variant. So let's recap a bit from where we were in terms of digital health as a society and specifically within Baptist Health and how things have evolved and changed over the last year and a half. Catch us up a little bit. Yeah, certainly. It's been quite the deja vu pretty much every three to six months, it seems like. But yeah, so we certainly were on a digital path prior to COVID ever you know, ever coming right. uh, to the United States. It was going to be certainly a, a slow roll both due to resources, provider adoption, patient adoption, those kind of things. But the one thing COVID did do was was push us forward very quickly. And so basically over the last 18 months, our focus really has been enhancement and optimization of things as much as possible. So due to COVID originally, you know, all of our providers are able to do video visits and telephone visits through my chart or through other platforms in, in any regard. We've got 24-7 access in terms of urgent care video visits, and we had e-visits as well. So really our focus has been, like I said, how do we improve those things, both yeah. on the provider side of things as well as the patient side of things? That's huge. I just want to like go back and not give the credit where credit's due, because I think the last time we talked, we had a pool of providers who were able to provide these services, and now we're looking at every provider in the Baptist network has this capability and you can get care literally around the clock, which is, 
huge in terms of access for patients, in terms of convenience, in terms of being able to see your own provider should you choose. I just think that's amazing, the work your team has done and how that is really providing such a service to patients. Yeah, it's so important. And, you know, with these great opportunities in terms of where healthcare has been going over the past 18 months, Mm -hmm. there's lots of challengers out there. Lots of non-traditional players in the marketplace now as well that you have big technology that are sticking their noses into healthcare because they've got the technology certainly. And so now they're, you know, trying to provide these services. And so where it is so important for us as a system for both our providers and our patients to offer these services is to have that continuum of care because we've worked so hard you know with our epic go live and integration and really as a as a society to have electronic health records but what could possibly happen is if you have all these non-traditional players you know let's say you know amazon or walmart that you know if they offer a very convenient and low price service then you know, patients will seek that out. But what mm-hmm. would happen then is is really a, a disjointing of the medical record. And so at that point, there really is, even though we are all electronic, there's a very disjointed approach to the care of the patient. And so, so having the ability to offer those exact services, you know, 24-7 access to our patients and our patients being able to have that information feed back into their medical records so that their normal providers can view it, but then also for the virtual urgent care providers to be able to view the patient's medical record in all their history to be able to you know, provide the, the appropriate amount of care is, is massive as well. It's such a good point because I think it speaks to even a larger issue that we're seeing in healthcare as you know we get into certainly Gen Z, but even in millennials of moving away from primary care providers, so many people are relying on things like minute clinics and urgent cares and things like that to get their primary care. And it you really lose that touch point with a primary care provider who's able to keep their eyes on your conditions over a long period of time and who's able to evaluate where you were and where you're going and know your medical history. And that level of touch with a provider is so important in being able to predict outcomes and to be able to follow your health history over the years. And I think what I'm hearing you say is that having all of the Baptist health providers digitally ensures that if you need a virtual care visit, if you need something convenient at midnight, you know, you can get that and it will be logged in your Baptist Health medical records so that your primary care provider can access it. The urgent care provider seeing you has access to all of your medical history so that they have the full scope of how to best treat you, which you don't get when you go to like a one-off place that just doesn't know you. No, unfortunately don't. And it's always been that challenge as as a patient in kind of previous life to, you know, walk into a new provider and, you know, remember all your medical history and right. answer the same questions over and over again. And, you know, bringing in your Ziploc bag full of your prescription, your latest prescription. Absolutely. And, and obviously things are missed. And so, you know, that was really the point of systems going to electronic health records is to avoid those type of things. Yeah. And so, with that, you know, with all this technology now, again, comes great opportunity, but also there are definitely some red flags to this potential disjointing. So, again, as a system from a strategy 
and a continuum of care perspective, it's vital that we offer these services. We're really proud that we're offering the services and we've been able to expand this access as much as we can because, you know, to your point, you know, millennials, Gen Z, you know, we've seen this shifting of patient journey, maybe. Yeah, patient behavior. As far as when they are going to go see a provider or or where they're going to see a provider, whatever may be a little bit different for, you know, even males versus females versus, you know, how often they're going to go to the doctor and those kind of things. And so rather, right, as a health system, rather than us continue to try to get patients to do the traditional route Mm -hmm. of, you know, having a primary care provider and, you know, seeing them certain amount of times a year and, and everything goes through them, which again, let me be clear, that is great care. No one is denying that is great care. If, if that could be followed suit, if everyone had the access and if patients were willing to do that, that is fantastic care. There is no doubt about it. Right. So what we're asking ourselves now is really what, not necessarily all that a patient is, all that a patient wants to do, but really what is the patient willing to do as far as their healthcare. And so rather than us, you know, saying and demanding, well, for a patient to really be in our health system, they need a primary care provider, they need to be able to see them, you know, a certain amount of times a year, right. those kind of things is now, well, what services can we provide them if they are going to go, you know, traditionally right to, to an urgent care, certainly we have those services. Mm-hmm. But now having these digital services available all the time, that's providing the convenience and the access for for patients that they are demanding now. And they've you know, frankly, they've demanded it in every other aspect of their life, right? You know, us as consumers, we have demanded convenience and digital access in every other aspect, whether it's retail, banking, entertainment, insurance, whatever it may be. We've been very clear in our expectations that, you know, you must have a good website, you must have a good app, you must be available all the time, I must be able to pay online, all those kind of things. We demanded it in every other aspect of our life. But you know, healthcare has been given a pass for a long time. And I think what this pandemic has done is, is really open the eyes and open doors. Maybe some didn't want the doors open, but they, they've been open at this point where, oh, yeah, you know, healthcare is another avenue where us as consumers or patients can really demand that type of convenience and access. And if my current, you know, provider or health system is not providing that, then there are going to be other other avenues and other opportunities out there. And so that's, again, why it's so important for us as a system to provide these services, because, again, the continuum of care of having the patients all, you know, in our health record is so important. Yeah, no, you totally nailed it. I think the digital world we're living in has exploded over the past couple of years. And like you said, it's every industry, it's travel, it's even the workplace. More people are working remotely and using teleconferencing and refusing to work in person than ever before. And like you said, we expect to be able to make purchases and get our care and get the services we need when we want them and when we need them and how we want them. And the pandemic has forced the entire society to innovate, to be able to do things online that had never been done before, like kids going to school online, you know, and now that's just kind of part of normal life. So talk to us a little bit about how Baptist Health responded to that sudden need for digital access and how that's influenced our offerings, where we're going to go in the future. Yeah, so what we needed to do really quickly when the pandemic first started was was basically turn on features. And, and luckily with our 
integration and partnership with Epic, they had a lot of things ready to go. Just we weren't ready as a system, both in terms of adoption and kind of op- and the operations workflow for it. So we were able to turn those things on very quickly. But, you know, really, these were buttons turned on over the course of a long weekend, not right. over the course of a six-month rollout. So naturally, with that, you know, came additional projects for us as both on the operation side as well as the IT side of, of how we can enhance those things. And those are things we're, we're certainly still working on. Then from there, it was, okay, how do we, you know, increase, increase access? So kind of like we said earlier, you know, virtual urgent care, for example, you know, really was just one provider at one point working, you know, eight to four Monday through Friday. It was there. It wasn't available service, but certainly not where we saw it in the future. And, but the pandemic really forced it forward really, really quickly. Now we've got a pool of eight providers that can see patients 24 seven via video, which is fantastic. Which is amazing. So e-visit is a, what we call it is an asynchronous dynamic medical questionnaire. So it's, it's not in real time, which is great for convenience because, you know, sometimes just getting patients free at this time and the providers free at that time doesn't always match up with everyone's schedule. Right. And then the evidence-based dynamic medical questionnaire, you know, it's really a, a, a robust history about the problem. And so, so the patient being able to answer these certain questions and then depending on the answer to those questions, they could get a different series of questions. Right. And so that was something we were able to stand up right before the pandemic. It was very limited in terms of the number of problems. It was a great starting point from us. Mm-hmm. But we saw this both in the marketplace as well as just from patient feedback that number one, they loved it because it was so convenient. You know, right. the ability to wake up at 3 a.m., and say, oh man, my throat is killing me. I definitely need care. Right. And I can fill out this medical questionnaire. You know, I've maybe even have had this feeling before. I know what's going on. And then the provider can review that. And, you know, by the time you wake up, you could, you know, have a prescription if, if that's appropriate, ready for you to go and a plan of care ready to, ready to go for you. So right. the feedback was fantastic, but certainly we had a long way to go. And so we were able to, you know, over the past uh, three months, partner with a company called BrightMD, and they, asynchronous care is, is what they do. And so we've been able to uh, integrate with, have BrightMD integrate into Epic. So it's the exact same patient journey. They go through my chart, now they enter this BrightMD platform. And so now we're able to see upwards of about 20 different problems versus previously about six or seven problems in the old e-visit platform. Wow. And the medical questionnaire is... It's so much better clinically, so much more robust clinically. There's a clinical team within BrightMD that are reviewing these questionnaires all the time. Us as a system are able to submit feedback for improvements as well. And so now it's really taken off to have patients being able to access this kind of new version of e-visits. And right now, you know, you can submit an e-visit and our providers, it'll take you as the patient about 10 to 15 minutes to fill it in because it is quite robust. Mm-hmm. But again, we need that information to provide the best clinical care possible. But, you know, that may sit in a queue for five to 10 minutes. And generally, our providers are turning that back around in another 10 to 15 minutes. And That's so, amazing. So all said and done, the e-visit could be fully completed within an hour. And within that e-visit as well, you know, let's be honest, right? Not everything can be completed via an e-visit. Not sure. everything can be completed digitally, right? Right. And there's lots of different steps within this new e-visit platform that basically escalates the patient out into other avenues of care as well. And so 
So that's something that we're the only provider in Kentucky that is offering this new version of e-visits. And so we're really excited and really proud of that particular product right now as well. Well, and to be clear, just for those listening, the decision-making, the medical decision-making and the care plan and the treatment, the any prescriptions that are written, this is all happening from Baptist Health Providers. BrightMD is providing the platform for us to offer this service, but your care is still happening from a Baptist Health Provider. But truly, in the 10 to 15 minutes that it takes you to fill out this questionnaire, most people couldn't even get in the car and drive to a doctor's office in 10 to 15 minutes. You know, so the convenience factor is huge, especially I've used this service myself and with two toddler preschool age kids at home, this is a lifesaver to me. Not having to get in the car and load my kids up if I'm not feeling well and drag them into an office and potentially expose them to other sick people. I mean, it's a game changer. Well, and I think, you know, you bring up really good points because the question that patients are asking themselves is not, would I rather go in person or be seen digitally? But what they're asking themselves now is, if digital options are not available, it's really the question is, am I going to do nothing? Right. Or am I going to get childcare, get in the car, go out in the midst of a pandemic? Exactly. And the answer a lot of times is is no, yeah. I'm not going to do anything. I'll just ride it out. And, <laughs> right. And that's certainly not the best, the best care by any stretch. And so that's where we've had conversations with our providers and with patients and, and other leaders in the organization that there is that shift. It's not just, you know, oh, the patient should come into the office because that's better care. Let me again, yeah. let me be clear. There's no denying that that you know being able to you know get hands on the patient you know have certain diagnostic tests a certain point of care testing as well being able to do all those things in the office fantastic that is absolutely the best way to go but again if if our option is nothing or digital you know nothing or a video visit nothing or an e-visit video visit and e-visit certainly do win out there and i think that's the really important factor that you know, we're hearing from hearing from our patients is is not that they were trying to decide, oh, am I going to go into the urgent care or am I going to do a video visit? It's not really that. It was really they were going to do a video visit or not do anything at all because just the the convenience factor. They could not make it work logistically, especially in today's day and age, to right. to kind of go into an office. Well, and like you said, I think there's an expectation now that we're able to do pretty much anything in life that we need to do <laughs> should be able to be done via Zoom or via telephone or via some kind of technology. That's just kind of become the baseline expectation. But, you know, digital health not only made the care accessible and convenient for patients during the pandemic, but it also helped to take some of the burden off of our urgent cares and emergency departments, which have been experiencing record volumes because of the pandemic. So you mentioned this a little bit already, but talk to us about how these different points of care can complement each other and work together. So, you know, they're not, digital care is certainly not taking over and eliminating the in-person care, but talk to us how they're kind of coexisting. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, a great example, especially right now, is COVID testing. And there's 
very limited number of tests, you know, it's certainly available to the public right now in terms of, you know, what you can buy for at home. And so there's a really need for COVID testing. But, you know, let's let's talk about the process. You know, if you go into you know, an urgent care facility or you go into an emergency department, which, you know, I mean, let's say you're asymptomatic, mm-hmm. but you've been exposed really the last place you should be is the emergency department. Absolutely. Because one, there's there's people that, that need to be there that are very ill. So being able to, you know, put a, you know, generally a healthy person into the emergency department that then there, you know, you could be exposed or could provide exposure for others. And now you're waiting, you know, to get a COVID test. That really jams up the system, both for, you know, the patient, but as well as the health system overall. And so what if we did a, a video visit first, right? So, you know, potential exposure, or maybe, you know, maybe I, I just have a cough, just kind of one symptom, but being able to talk with the provider online, you know, number one, very safe, very convenient. So able to do that and able to just kind of talk through the different, you know, levels with the provider as far as what's going on. And then, you know, let's say it is deemed appropriate that, you know what, you you really should get it. You really should get a test, you know, based on kind of what you want to do, you know, or what you need to do in your life, you, you should get a test. Well, what we can do then is just go ahead and place that order for you to get a test. And then you could go to one of our urgent cares in person and basically walk right in. You've got the order placed in your chart already because yeah. you did the visit through Baptist and you do the test and, you know, then you walk right back out rather you know, then again, you know, waiting, waiting in the waiting room and, and doing all those kind of things. And yeah. so that's really been a, a big win for us in terms of kind of a hybrid model approach, especially as volumes really rise during these high times, you know, in the COVID world. So that's been a great example of a way that, you know, kind of a hybrid model of, you know, hey, let's get the, some of the care done digitally. But then ultimately, you know, yes, we do need an in-person service to happen. But what's happened is we've made it a much more seamless process to be able to do that. Sure. And I think as I'm just listening and hearing you talk, it almost feels like we're going back to, you know, when physicians were caring for people way, way back, you know, 100 years ago, you had a really close personal relationship with your family doctor. They would come to your house and treat you. I mean, it was very relational. And then I think we moved into more of a formal setting, which is, like you said, great, but it became a little more impersonal in that, you know, you came once a year, you made a visit, and that was kind of that. And now this almost feels like the care is so accessible, and you've got a provider right on the other side of your phone talking to you over Zoom or via email or going back and forth that you feel like that access to care is so much easier to get that the relationship building part feels like it's coming back. Yeah, I think I think it's a great point. And I think, you know, again, just from a patient journey perspective, when you are, you know, let's say it's, you know, 430 and you, and you have to take off work and you have to get grandma to come over and watch the kids for you to then drive across town to then go you know, into the waiting room and register and all those kind of things. And so by the time you really see your provider, it's, you know, it's, it's a bit of a stressful day. Yeah. Far. And I think some of the, maybe the things that you, you know, you were, going to say or you know you had on your mind as far as your history or or whatever it may be you know maybe you kind of lose because you know it's been a stressful day and so i think having that ability to be in your home environment as well allows you to you know again be more conversational and share some different things and i think it allows the provider you know 
sometimes to pick up on some things that are, uh, uh, you know, a little bit different as well, yeah. because there is potentially some more time in, in the visit that, you know, you, again, you can kind of converse with the patient. So I think, you know, we're seeing that as well with patients, you know, seeing, again, we've talked a lot about kind of virtual urgent care, but, you know, especially with patients, you know, dedicated primary care providers or even their specialists, the ability to kind of do those appointments. And that's where, again, this, what we want is, is not digital to replace in person, but and that happened because of the pandemic. Right. You know, there's been services that we just simply couldn't safely do or we had to close an office due to quarantines or whatever it may be. And so we have to transition services from in-person to digital. But really where, where we want to be is, is a hybrid model of, you know, certain things could be better done virtually. Mm-hmm. And there's no doubt certain things can be done better um, in person. So those are some of the things that kind of are happening naturally right now, but certainly something, you know, as a team that we're going to be working on over the next year is, you know, are there some opportunities to create some hybrid models, you know? So for example, let's say hypertension, you know, if you've uh, kind of a new problem, you go into your primary care provider and, you know, certainly get worked up, but you get prescribed a prescription and maybe your, maybe your follow-up though is done virtually. And that's kind of established, you know, beforehand, you know, new problem hypertension, you know, yes, it's an in-person followed by two virtual visits. Mm. And maybe with those virtual visits, you know, comes a blood pressure cuff, right? That maybe that's something, you know, that we use some, some other remote patient monitoring technologies, potentially, you know, through my chart or through some other means that now we've got some consistent readings rather than just the the one or two that are happening in the office, you know, every three months. And so I think there's an example of, you know, how do we utilize the technology not to replace the in-person part of care, but ultimately enhance it and ultimately make the in-person part of the care journey much more specific and much more focused on, you know, kind of what, what needs to happen. Yeah, I think that's a great example. Okay, so Baptist Health just launched an exciting new tool called CareFinder. Give us the details. What is it? How does it work? And why do we need it? Yeah, really excited about this. It's due to our partnership with, with BrightMD, number one. So it is, it links up with BrightMD. And so again, you know, Baptist Health is the one controlling, you know, the options as far as CareFinder goes, but it is part of that relationship, which is really exciting. And so, you know, as we think about all these different options, you know, we've talked e-visit, we've talked, you know, virtual urgent care, scheduled telephone visit, you know, and then of course, traditional care points of going to the ED, the urgent care. There's number one, we still have patients that are like, what is that? What is right. an e-visit? What is a video visit? So we still have that problem as far as education and, you know, and, and frankly, where we are in kind of the digital journey of, you know, two years, essentially, that's certainly that to be expected and certainly something we're working on in terms of how do we better educate patients and providers on the different options. But, you know, there's outside of digital, right, we'd have patients with a you know, a stub toe or, you know, something very minor go into the emergency department. Yeah. And again, you know, that's maybe not the best situation, both for patient and, and health system. And so how do we get patients to the right level of care, whether that is the highest level of care, the emergency department, or potentially the easiest and lowest level of care in an e-visit potentially. So how do we get patients to the right place at the right time as well? And so CareFinder is a tool. So patients, can go onto our website, baptisthealth.com slash carefinder, and they can, you know, search their their problem. So like, let's say they search headache, for example. So 
headache can be a wide array of things. It can be something that is, you know, extremely, extremely dangerous, you know, right. with a stroke, but it also could be, you know, something as simple as, you know, common cold type situation. So, you know, from there, you know, in the care finder's journey, the patient would put that in. And then from there, a variety of options would appear essentially. So a headache could be treated at any number of locations. So yes, we could treat a, a headache via an e-visit or a uh, virtual urgent care visit. Certainly it could be appropriate for an in-person visit with their primary care provider. So essentially all the options are available in that particular situation. Let's say the patient got a bone type of injury. So let's say they were, you know, playing in their backyard and, you know, it's a bad, their ankle is really swollen. They go into care finder. And for that situation, digital isn't a great option, right? right. That would really just be kind of a, it would just be a, another step in their process. Ultimately, we need to get that patient somewhere for x-rays, right? right? And so what's great about care finder is that let's say it's at, you know, six o'clock at night is when this happens. Well, we've got a wide array of urgent cares that are open at six o'clock. And so from there, you know, they're going to see the closest urgent care that's that's available, as well as the emergency departments. Now, if the patient went on at 10 o'clock at night and that happened, well, our urgent cares are closed at that point. And so the urgent cares wouldn't even appear as an option for them. So they would know at that point, the emergency department is the only option for them. So it's really about getting the patient educated on the different options, but ultimately based on their symptoms, getting them to the right type of care, but also educating them on what's available at that time of day as well. I love that it's dynamic, meaning that depending on what time of day you log on or where you are locationally or what your issue is, the options available to you would change so that you have the most accurate, real-time information to make a decision. You know, all that information, you know, certainly was always available. Right? Sure. I mean, certainly we had all that information available and patients, you know, could certainly Google different things and it was always there, but having all of the different options kind of pulled into one tool is what we're really excited about. And the fact that it kind of brings in the digital services as well with a bit of education as far as, you know, what is appropriate and what is not, because certainly there are times that we do get patients, you know, with a serious medical issue that have gone on to do a video visit and, and really, you know, we point them in the right direction of where do they go, but this tool kind of helps speed that process up and provides a better service for the patient so they don't have to wait for a video visit as, and then ultimately then need to go somewhere right. in person as well. Well, yeah. And then from there, based on whatever the care finder tool recommends for their care, they're able to click right into that option and either, you know, for our urgent cares, they could go in and check in online and get an appointment time, or they could go directly into my chart to start a video visit or to get in line. So I think it just really, it makes it so easy instead of being like, well, I've got this problem, now what? You know, <laughs> what's open, where do I go, and how do I get started? It just, you follow the prompts on the screen and get directly to the care that you need. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We'll be right back. Get the care you need when and where you need it with Baptist Health Virtual Care. Gone are the days of waiting until morning when you need care overnight. No more leaving work, finding childcare, or sitting in waiting rooms to check out your cough or cold. Baptist Health Virtual Care is available 24-7, seven days a week. You'll have access to more than 700 Baptist Health providers from the comfort of home. It's a service recommended by 99% of those who've used it. It's convenient. It's secure. It's Baptist Health. Get started today in MyChart or at BaptistHealth.com. 
and we're back with Nick Sarantis. So before we wrap up, we had some questions submitted about virtual care and digital health. Are you up for a quick little Q&A? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. First, and you probably get this every day, what do telehealth, telemedicine, virtual care, what is the difference in all these words or is there one? There's not really a difference. It's been my great challenge when I first came into my role is, is trying to navigate these different terms and words. But yeah, essentially they're they're all referring to the same things, you know, depending on the state you're in, there could be some differences. Luckily, over the past two years or so, there has been kind of some gathering of the words, you know, it, kind of the, the organizations and the legislature has been referring to kind of the same things. But Ultimately, this, they're the same thing. There could be some minor differences or you know definition changes based on the state. But I think ultimately, when someone says one of those words, I think they're referring, you know, basically to a video visit. Generally, is what they're mm-hmm. referring to. Okay. Um, but they're referring to some type of care that that's happening through technology, really. But but yeah, it is quite confusing, and that again is why you know some of these educational materials and, and CareFinder, for example, helps patients kind of navigate through those different things. Yeah, it's really just a game of semantics, you know? It is. The same yeah. as if someone was said, my primary care provider or my family doctor or my PCP, they're all talking about the same thing. Absolutely. All right, so what equipment do I need to do a video visit or any visit? Yeah, so, you know, a video visit, you know, you're going to need a smartphone or you're going to need a camera and microphone enabled on your desktop. Either one is is fine. We've seen both work well. I've personally done a, a visit on both desktop as well as, as well as my phone. So either either one really works. And that's essentially it for a video visit. You know, I would say the the tool that helps patients get into either a video visit, both with their provider or a urgent care provider or an e-visit is going to be my chart. So having a my chart account, and if if patients don't have a my chart account, they can go to baptisthealth.com, find the my chart area, and they're able to create an account themselves right then and there. So they don't have to call someone to register or get an access code or anything like that. They can create an account for themselves. If they forgot their username or password, there's some self-help tools there as well. But really, it's it's going to be yeah your your smartphone and webcam and really my chart being kind of the tool that helps you kind of go to those different areas of care. Perfect. All right, we get this one a lot. I'm not very tech savvy, so can I still do a virtual care visit? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's you know where people struggle is when they try to do everything for the visit you know, 30 seconds before their visit is supposed to start. Right. So for example, you know, we mentioned my chart. Well, you know, let's say you had a my chart account, but you know, you created it, you know, a year ago and you haven't been in since. Well, you know, now you're kind of going in, you know, minute before your appointment and trying to remember your username and password. And, you know, certainly I wouldn't remember that. And so then they're trying to reset it. And, and then it does get a bit stressful as far as, you know, then having that and then having the appropriate camera setting and those kind of things. And so for anyone, I really suggest is take it step by step. So, you know, for example, like I said, have a MyChart account active, ready to go. If you have a smartphone, have the app on your phone, have it logged in, make sure that step is ready to go there. Any other information as far as what you'll need for the video visit, we've got a variety of educational materials and videos that'll help you navigate 
And then if there's any trouble, you know, after that, we also have a dedicated MyChart help desk. Mm -hmm. That information is is available as far as phone number. You can do a a chat online as well. That if you're just struggling to get in, there's that dedicated resource as well that can help you do it. But, But my biggest advice would be just, you know, kind of preparation in advance. Don't try to do everything 30 seconds before your appointment starts. At that point, it, it would get pretty overwhelming. Yeah, that's a good tip. We talked about this a little bit before, how virtual care is obviously not right for every medical issue or condition, but what are some of maybe the most common conditions that are best treated virtually? Yeah, I mean, certainly our most, especially right now, is uh, cough, sinus, congestion, upper respiratory infections are, are the most commonly used right now. UTIs, urinary tract infections, that's a really common one that, you know, certainly ideally there would be some urine analysis, you know, with mm-hmm. a condition like that. But there's, uh, you know, obviously some key symptoms there that, that providers can make that appropriate diagnosis for that as, for that as well. Rash is something that, you know, is uh, pink eye, those kind of things, yeah. you know, just again, with, with the camera and as well as our new e-visit platform that you're able to submit pictures, those things are, are being treated really well. So, yeah, I mean, I'd say those are our most kind of used and, mm-hmm. and popular scenarios, you know, with the platform right now. Great. And again, those are probably the things that you most commonly wake up with and <laughs> realize, oh, man. I really need to get something done about this quickly. It's great that you can have that access so easily and so quickly on things that are the most common to come on overnight or quickly or unexpectedly. We talked a little bit about this when you mentioned the UTI, but how can a provider diagnose me without doing a physical exam? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think there's a lot of of evidence-based literature that providers are obviously well-versed in, you know, in terms of symptoms and questions in a patient's history that leads them to the right direction. So, Mm -hmm. you know, again, that's really where it's nice having, again, if the patient is established, you know, having a patient's history, let's say they have a history of UTI as well, and, you know, they have these symptoms again, and, well, that really helps paint the picture a little bit better as far as, you know, what could be going on here. But there's also some, you know, physical exam things, you know, that we can have the patient do themselves as well. So, for example, you know, if something is tender, you know, like let's say lymph nodes, for example. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, you know, traditionally the provider would, you know, palpate those lymph nodes themselves. But, you know, certainly uh, we can tell the patient, you know, hey, just right here, you know, under the jawbone, go ahead and palpate there. Is that tender? Yes, it is. Okay, great. You know, so there are some things like that that providers are getting more creative in, frankly, and because this is not no one went to medical school with the understanding that they were going to treat things you know virtually or digitally right. <laughs> and so i think we've seen the physical exam of you know being done virtually come a long way over the past 18 months and i think this is something that will continue to evolve over time both with provider experience but mm-hmm. then as well as as tools as well i think we'll see a lot of at-home technology being able to help expand the physical exam as well so you know for example like at home otoscopes or mm-hmm. you know at home blood pressure cuffs or stethoscopes, those kind of things as well. I think we're going to see a lot of advancement over the next couple of years. Man, I would have killed for an at-home otoscope when my kids were getting back to back to back to back ear infections. Because, you know, you wake up, especially if it's something that's recurrent like that, they've got the symptoms, you've done this before, you know exactly what it is, you know, and to load the kids up in the car, drive them, take off work, get to the office, wait, just for, you know, them to look in their ear and confirm what you already knew. It would be so 
nice <laughs> to be able to do that in 30 minutes at home. Absolutely. That is what exciting. If, what about after the 10th year infection? This is what happened to my kids is they, they get tubes in their ears, yep. right? And so they do need to get that procedure. But, you know, the next couple of follow-up visits, that's what the surgeon is doing is looking right. at their ear. And if we have an at-home otoscope, which is something we are actively working on, that could enable that process to be much easier as well. So there's a lot of different use cases for things like that. That's really exciting. All right. Next question is, can I get a prescription from a virtual visit? You can Yes, that is clinically appropriate, then absolutely. There's not going to be, you know, if, if a patient comes on and, and present themselves as, as sick and going through the medical history and, and that is what the provider deems clinically appropriate, then yes, just like an in-person visit, that is absolutely what's going to happen because that's what is needed as far as, you know, the clinical care journey goes. There's maybe some thoughts that it's easier to get a prescription virtually versus other places. And, you know, what we've seen with that is it's really not for years and years now, you know, we've, we've seen providers work on not, you know, over, over prescribing antibiotics or things. Right. And, and that holds true. You know, what we've seen is, you know, providers that they're treating things in much the same way. And, and frankly, it, again, having a lot of the documentation just right up front and having the provider some time, let's say, as they review the e-visit right. kind of, you know, by themselves, they're, they're really able to make that determination of saying, yeah, you know, this is viral, though. It doesn't need a prescription. You know, here's, you know, some at-home, over-the-counter things that you need. So, yes, you can. But, again, if it's clinically appropriate and, and it's not going to be something that's, you know, again, over-prescribed or something that can be kind of the system has worked in some way that prescriptions are over-prescribed. Totally makes sense. Probably the most important question to the listeners is, what does it cost me? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> so an e-visit is, is $30. And Flat. that is that is cash paid. We do not put that through insurance at this time. We made that decision because there's a lot of just back and forth right now, you know, with different payers, government payers, private payers, as far as what they are going to cover long term. Right. When we were in the, the heat of the pandemic early on, you know, everything was essentially waived in terms right. of co-pays and those kind of things. So the last thing we want to do is, you know, saddle a patient with an unexpected cost of, you know, if we put this through insurance and they don't cover it. So we thought for e-visits, let's make it make it simple. Let's make it about the cost of copay, you know, at thirty dollars, yeah. and there's no fuss. You just pay that with your credit card or your HSA card, and very simple. For the other visits, you know, we're going to bill them exactly like we would in an office in office visit. So okay. for a you know a video visit, for example, you know, again, we're gonna it's gonna get billed the exact same way as you would in the provider office. So depending on your copay, you know, for an in office visit, we're gonna bill it. That would be your copay for the video visit as well. So like, let's say you're seeing your orthopedic surgeon via video. If you have a specialist copay, it would, it would be the same way. And it's the same codes that are billed, you know, mm. to your insurance. So it's going to end up being being the same thing. And that's the good news, especially in especially in Kentucky. Kentucky's been ahead of the curve for quite some time in terms of parity, in terms of digital visits versus in-person visits. They viewed it as the same, so they're billed the same. And that's really what we're seeing across the country now, both in terms of Medicare and other, other kind of things. So there is some consistency now in terms of that billing process, at least in the short term. So it's going to get billed the exact same way as you would in the office. That's great. I think this has really been helpful to kind of answer some of those questions about that may prevent someone from seeking care, right? Like this is going to be so expensive or I'm going to need equipment that I don't have, or, you know, it's not going to be as 
effective or as accurate. And I think it's really helping to break down some of those barriers that may prevent someone from going on and and getting the care that they need in a convenient setting when they need it. And it's been fun, I think, to take a look back at, gosh, how much innovation and how much just change and growth has happened in the last year, year and a half, and some exciting things to look forward to in the coming year. So I really appreciate you taking the time out today to just recap with us, to answer some of these questions, and to look at where we're going in the future. So thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening and share it with a friend. I really can't stress enough the convenience and ease of using our virtual care services for those minor illnesses that we all experience. In minutes, you can connect with one of over 700 Baptist Health providers. Baptist Health Virtual Care provides fast, easy, and affordable access to those urgent care video visits, a scheduled appointment video visit with your own provider, or those e-visits, the symptom-specific questionnaires that we talked about earlier in the episode. If you want to get started today with a virtual care visit, you can visit baptisthealth.com or go ahead and get started in our app via my chart. We will catch you next time on Health Talks Now. Stay well.